This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Uh, we're going to jump straight into it. I'm going to talk about, is your God an Instagram God? And it's about worship. We're starting a series on worship. And uh, I think the challenge for all of us in the modern day church, in the modern day what we call worship, we think worship is a bunch of songs. It's nice because we uh, check out the uh, Christian new band or the new CD they're bringing out. And one of the biggest challenges for us is that even those worship houses or CDs uh, that Christians bring out with great intention and great intentionality uh, are being owned by non-Christian people. Sometimes it becomes a huge business and then we say, no, that worship was nice, you know. Uh, and yet when we follow God, uh, we sort of, where you are placed, you sort of need to deconstruct the way you think and that's what the kingdom is about. Uh, the culture that you're in. You can't just serve a South African God. You can't just serve an Instagram God. You can't serve a God uh, through the lenses of this culture. You have to serve the God of the Bible. Amen. That's a good place to start. You know, and um, so the paradigms that are shifting, especially in the church in the Middle East, I have a group of friends, they're pastors, and I remember they were the one specifically had three best friends, and the way they uh, get a call from God is quite different here with us. Uh, he tells a story. This one pastor uh, told me that he was, um, him and his friends were organizing a big evangelism outreach in Karachi in Pakistan, and they prayed the morning. They said, Father, please show us a sign. Give us a sign that we are called uh, to Karachi in Pakistan. And so, long story short, that evening they drive back um, and a sort of a bucky or pickup stops in front of them and one at the back. Uh, six guys jump out with machine guns and starts to shoot at the car they're sitting in. So he says he closes his eyes and he, feel, he hears the, the bullets going through and he says, okay, now he's going to be in heaven. He's going to see Jesus. Uh, he feels the shrapnel against his head uh, and, and he's just going crazy and the dust and everything going up and um, eventually he hears the car drive or the bucky drive away again and he thought like wow that's strange he's supposed to be in heaven uh, and so when he looks up all of his three friends are sitting with him in the car and um, not one has one bullet but even the gear lever between the two front the driver and the passengers shot to pieces and so they start to worship the Lord. They say, thank you, Lord, for your sign that we are called to Karachi. <laughs> Anyone want to pray for a sign like that? <laughs> no, not you know. It's a, but it's amazing what, what, you know, what is relative to our experience and God's call on our lives. And so we're going to talk about worship. In Colossians 1, verse 16 to 18, it says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him, that's Christ, and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, that's us, who is the beginning, the firstborn, among, firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence, the, the first, the, the glory, the, the fullness of Christ. Everything has been created to worship God. You have got an inbuilt desire to worship. Every person out there, whether they 
know God, whether they want to know God, whether they are born again or not, it doesn't matter. Everyone will worship. You will become a worshiper. And you'll either worship the things of this world, the created things, or you worship yourself, or, but you will worship. Whether it is yesterday watching the Springboks or watching I'll Never Walk Alone Liverpool or the hockey or the whatever, people every weekend, every day worship. Because God created us to worship. The only thing is, there's a difference between worshiping God and worshiping yourself or worshiping your future or worshiping your degree or worshiping your girlfriend or your boyfriend. But worship is a very deep thing. Worship is our response to what we value the most. The thing that takes the highest priority in my life, it is a response to who God is and to what he has done, if it's God-directed. The thing that you value the most, the thing that takes the highest priority in my life. What I think about, what I spend my time with. We're going to talk a bit about that because the question is, where does the following in your life go? Where does your time, affection, energy, money go? Because Scripture says, where my treasure is, there my heart will be also. So I'm, I'm, I'm uh, chunking away, or I'm, I'm actually tonight taking a bazooka at our culture of what we call worship and hopefully, like I've been doing the last three weeks, no, the last three months preparing this sermon, is I've repented. So I, this is just the invitation for you tonight to join the repentance clan, okay? Because we say that's a nice song, the worship is nice. But what do you value the most? And so the challenge, the second question, when we say, yes, we have been created to worship, you will worship. How big is God? How big is the God of the Bible that you and I worship? And so in Psalm 19 verse 1 it says, The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows His handiwork. You know, everything around us, even creation is worshiping. The challenge with us, and probably the biggest sin in the church in the West is called unbelief. Unbelief is because we don't believe what the Bible says about who God is and what He can do. And therefore, our worship or the way we respond to God, the way we place value on Him, sort of limits Him to really be God in our lives because, hey, maybe it's a Sunday God, maybe it's a Wednesday God when I go to a small group. But hey, I, I, try, I limit God through my belief in who He is and how big He is. And so, we, this is where the sort of topic of the evening comes from, is like we Instagram God, you know, we uh, live, most of you were born with a cell phone in your hand, you know, when you came out, you were born with this thing, you know, um, it was put in your hand, it was wonderful, and there's nothing wrong, but there is something wrong if you uh, think in the mindset with God like Instagram, you think like, uh, I'm going to go have a social and now I always think about the pictures I'm going to put on Instagram to tell people how great my life is or how great my food is or how great my social is. So I take a picture, the best picture, and then I edit that picture and then I put it out for the world to display how amazing my life is. But I've, I've not in the past five years really seen anybody take a picture of just when they woke up. And the hair is all over the place, you know, like, hey, you know, I've got a bad hair day, you know. Welcome to the club. Because most of us actually wake up like that with some bad hair, and some of us have less hair, some of us have more hair. But, you know, the crazy part is we live in a culture where we want to 
sort of show the world how amazing our life is, and yet it's the most lonely, depressed group of people that has ever lived. And COVID has added to that. People are isolated, people are depressed, people are suicidal. It is crazy what's going on in our world, and yet we love to pretend. Now, the amazing thing about God is God doesn't pretend. God tells us exactly what his heart is like. That's why I sent Jesus to the cross. He exactly shows us who he is, and he says, come, come and worship me, and I'm going to show you more. I'm going to actually show you the mysteries of the ages. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. I'm going to show you things that, that is never going to be boring. And that's why the Bible tells us what beautiful is. It's the beauty of his holiness. The world tells us, be beautiful out there. But hey, sorry. When you really meet God, you will never be bored. Can I get an amen? That was a great place to say amen. Hey, eh? come on. Didn't you know, Ben, say, I like that smile on your face. Lekker, lekker. So, so I'm just giving us some scriptures, laying the foundation. First Peter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you, that's us, may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Marvelous light. We are his special people, but what have we been called to do is to proclaim his glory, proclaim his praises. There's something, there's a, there's a call for the church to really come and worship God in this time. I'm not just talking about us, I'm especially talking about the church in the West. And it's got little to do with songs. It's everything with your life. And so we worship as a lifestyle, not as a song. When we worship and understand that, one of the words for worship is proskuneo, which means to come towards, to kiss, to come close. But there are two aspects of worship. The one is to bow before, to reverence, to adore. And the second part of worship is to serve. You cannot just adore. You can't just bow, but you wake, walk away and you say, no, I'm not going to serve. Then, then you're really not worshiping God. Serve Him. Serve His people. Serve His kingdom. Serving and worship is part of worship. And that's why even the concept of love in the Bible, always the main part of love is sacrificial serving. That's what Jesus came to demonstrate. <laughs> the world is completely, it says now feeling, emotions, feel great about it. But whatever you worship, what you serve, what you reverence, what you fear, you imitate and whatever you imitate, you will become. What's on your Instagram story? <laughs> what you worship you will imitate and you will become it. So if you worship yourself, whoa, you're in trouble because <laughs> there's nobody perfect here. But if you worship God, God is perfect. So you become more like him. You become more like Christ. You begin to portray his humility and his teachability and his life, you know. But what happens is you and I, we get so distracted because our lives are so busy and we fill our calendars all the time that we can't actually stop and say, wow. Will you just say, wow, just do that quickly. Just say, wow, because you're going to do that for a million years in heaven. <clears throat> now, now, let's practice this. This is whale talking. I know there's a child inside of you. Let that child come out. Say, wow. Okay. There's some really excited people here in front and some at the back there, but I, there's some people there. I don't know. You know? But you're going to say like, wow, you know, paving is gold in heaven, you know, <laughs> just like you, you know, you paid so much for a little ring for that engagement ring you know and it's like whoa you know <laughs> look at the paving here but in any case so the crazy part is there's a wow you know 
And so we were <clears throat> up there in Natal, and it was actually amazing. There's a community, a church we connected with, and, and <clears throat> it's just crazy with especially like smaller communities or smaller towns. So this one lady that organized um, a Friday like social for us, we're driving out, you know, and, and she says, this is an amazing thing. So the whole week she prepared us that we're going to go out to this place. There's a, it's called bum slide. So you, you get into the water and then you slide down. So I'm imagining this like double, three, triple slides, hula hoops and all. I think like this must be crazy because when we drive out there, it takes us an hour and a half to drive there, you know. And so we are like super excited. I've psyched myself up. We worked hard the whole week. And so we get there and there's this small stone with some water running over it into this river which is ice cold freezing and I'm thinking like is this it I'm thinking like I was psyched up the whole week you know it was just it was just crazy you know and then it stuck me it struck me and it stuck with me I realized like well the reason why those people have such deep relationships with each other is that they're not distracted by all the nice things around them. Here with us, what we do is like, oh, what am I going to do this weekend, you know? There's so many things. So what begins to happen? We begin to create idols even of our pleasures. Because I want to go there. I want to be there. I don't want to miss out. I want to be wild at heart. And subtly it's humanistic. Because we actually fall for the biggest lie is that God is not enough. And I'm not belittling the things that we do, but all of us, we fill our schedules. And there's so many things here in the Western Cape even to do that many times we just add God to our calendar. And the first commandment in the Bible, it says, you shall worship the Lord and no other God. So I remember driving up there in the... In the Ganges in India, right in the northern parts of India. And I'm looking at all these temples, just hundreds of temples next to the Ganges River as we're going up to the source to pray at the source of, of, of this river that the Hindu people worship and they say it's holy. And as I'm thinking, I'm saying to the Lord, Lord, this, wow, there's so many idols here in India. This is crazy. And I'll never forget it, the Holy Spirit said to me, the idols in the West are much bigger because you can't see them. They're the idols in people's hearts. Psalm 96 verse 4 to 6. Now you need to lock the doors at the back because it's going to get heavy. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. It's almost gives us a glimpse as to what's happening. He says, the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. If you see God, your first response would be that of worship, of adoration. Because in his temple it says there's strength and beauty and majesty and honor are in his sanctuary. But we've belittled church and our lives with God because hey, it's just another event. We're afraid to go there. Because what will begin to happen if we really worship out of that place of brokenness? Wow. We'll begin to discover that deep calls unto deep. 
But the problem in the West is idols, the idols of the heart. What is an idol? Is anything we place above our devotion to Jesus. Something or someone you cannot live without. Something you spend most of your passion, energy on that gives you hope, meaning, identity, or happiness. Anything you place above the Lord Jesus Christ. It can be your boyfriend. It can be your girlfriend. It can be your studies. It can be your future. It can be your fears. Anything you place above Jesus being number one can become an idol. A school. An experience. Yeah, but we're having fun, you know. This is the time of my life. Yes, but what are you doing with it? So if you go hiking, do you do discipleship while you go hiking? Or do you just go hiking because, hey, it's just so much fun? Oops. No, no, but, but I'm a student. That's great. Yes. Because if you, if you put yourself out there and you begin to live that lifestyle, what's going to begin to happen? You're going to get a job three years, four years down the line. And you know what? You're going to start getting busy and distracted there as well. And what begins to happen? Slowly we lose our passion for God. Being there with him, Angus uh, this week, talking to him about what he's going to do when he's 84 years old was so exciting. I say, Lord, I want to be like that. 74 young many people are 52 old <laughs> but i want to be 74 young it reminds me of two people in the old testament joshua and caleb you know caleb was going around all of his friends died in the wilderness when they get back again he says i'm stronger now than what i was 40 years ago when i was 40 years old because why i've seen god i've never left that place of just being intimate with him and knowing him and serving him and worshiping him. Because you know what the others said, the spies said, no, we see ourselves as grasshoppers in the eyes of these massive giants. And you know what I said? God is good. God is great. Land flowing with milk and honey. So what is robbing you of your devotion with Jesus? So now it's going to get more tense. Modern-day insta-idols, I call them insta-idols in our lives. We worship the gods of beauty, power, money, fame, popularity, followers on Instagram, Facebook, and achievement. Our social activities, family, desires for a spouse, food, clothing, doctrines, experiences, travel. And these idols are designed for one thing, is to bring you into a place of comfort, complacency, compromise, and consumerism. I become a consumer Christian. Whoa. But don't talk to me like that. That's quite tough, you know. <laughs> How can you speak like that in the church? Shouldn't the church be a nice place? Motivational talking, encouragement. I'm not going to come back to show for you. Know, this, isn't, I don't, this is not the feel-good, seeker-sensitive type of church, you know. <laughs> but sorry, I love you too much. So I have to speak the truth. Because you're being robbed of the beauty of God and who God is. Because we Instagram God. We put him on our Instagram page. And so the, the challenge here is like, hey, are you willing to come? It's our invitation tonight. It's not a condemnation. But it's an invitation to come out of the cultural bondage, even that we find in the church, because we think like, hey, I jump up in church, you know, I'm charismatic, you know, I'm at least not like those, those uh, frozen people that stand like that on the corner, you know, because they look quite stiff upper lip, you know, and they speak in that old King James, the Lord speaketh unto the earth, 
be thy blessed unto the earth, and may thy become as the holiest of the holies, and take some water, yeah, and then we sprinkle people, and I'm not talking about not having joy and having an overflow of life, but sometimes we think like, oh, at least I'm not religious like that one, you But how much lip service or how much heart service do we give God? And we worship power. We worship money. We want to become famous. We say all these things and we just add Jesus. Oh, I want to become beautiful. The world says that. And then the Christian says, I want to become beautiful for Jesus. Oh, I want to become powerful, you know. I want to have a lot of money, says the world. And then the Christian comes and says, I want to have a lot of money and be powerful for Jesus. I want to be famous. Oh, no, no. I also want to be famous for Jesus. It's almost like we brand Jesus next to our idols. Come on. Now, but if the Lord doesn't bless me, if the Lord maybe calls me, you know, what, what, you know. You know, you've probably read the news or checked the news, but in Afghanistan it's going crazy. And I have a pastor friend there that studied here and he was in Metanoia. Yeah, anybody from Metanoia here? Oh, look at Meta. Hi, Vilio, go for it. And so, so this story will probably challenge you. I've told it, but, but it's, uh, it's where we're going. I've told it before, but this guy came to me after he was, went to Europe and his ministers into Afghanistan, which is the second most persecuted country in the world at the moment, and will probably ta- overtake North Korea after what's happening in the news and all the things that's happening at the moment. And so <clears throat> he was here in Metanoia, and the Lord said to him that he didn't have any food. He only had enough to study. And he was here in church. And the Lord said to him, gave him a clear word. He said, for three years, while you're here in church, you're not allowed to ask anybody for money. Most of the time, as he was sitting here, every Sunday, he was hungry. And the Lord says, don't ask me for money. Don't ask anybody for food. I'm not going to give. Because you need to learn something. And for three years, he suffered. Most of the times, he actually fasted. Never told anybody. Then we went to Europe, became a pastor. He says, Lord, why? Why, why? why did I need to go through that? Because it's not part of my gospel. It's a suffering gospel, you know? He said, because I'm sending you to Afghanistan. And Afghanistan has got the most malnourished children in the world. The highest percentage of people, malnourished children. And how... Will you ever be able to minister to them if you don't know what hunger means? But how can God do that? A pizza a day keeps the devil away. (laughs) I'm sharing this story because we sometimes are so far removed from what God intends for your purpose and what you and I want. And it's a tough one. But I want to become beautiful for Jesus. I want to become, you know, wear white shoes to church, you know, because now I'm joking with the white shoes people. So Colossians 3 verse 5, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, 
where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Set your mind on things above. So the question again is, who do we love? How do we love? How do we trust? How do we obey? We end up serving, worshiping what we love, hope for, trust, and obey. What motivates you when you wake up every morning? What's that joy in your heart? Do you have like that thing that says like, wow, I want to just love God. I wanna, I'm just so excited. It doesn't matter even what happens because nothing of my peace and my joy comes from the outside. It's all because I know him because I have a joy that gives me strength. That's what it says. In his sanctuary, there's beauty and strength. A lot of Christians in the West are so discouraged. They've lost spiritual strength. They stop praying. Why? Because God is shaking the church. And he says, what are you building your faith on? No, no, but you know, that church, I'm, that church, I don't like that church because they speak like quite tough words, you know. It's not so encouraging. <laughs> what if the church is not there and you need to become the church? Ooh, it's getting very quiet in here, eh? <laughs> Tosca, why are the people so quiet? Just put on some background music, you know, that we just psych up the emotions a little bit, you know, because this is like we feel good, you know. And so the, the invitation is to become a worshiper. The invitation is, God says, are you willing to cross that line? Are you willing to ask me of things that you're going to be scared to ask because it's going to cost you something. It's going to, it's going to bring you to a place where you're walking in this beauty of God and knowing him, but you're not distracted because God isn't just a little Instagram God. He's not just somebody that you take a photo of and say, oh, that was nice going on. Whew, but I'm more thinking about the other things later the week. And then, oh, you know, you know, I have already planned December holiday every week of December laid out it's planned my social calendar next year January the next three years has been set out uh, June next year we're gonna go to Europe for our holidays and and then we're gonna do that and, and, and then we're gonna go on the Fish River Canyon and we're gonna walk that and it's all about these social events and that's great stuff and I'm I'm planning it a year in advance and what have you planned for the kingdom have you ever planned a year in advance for something you want to do in the kingdom of God? Oops. See, now suddenly I begin to value my socials and my experiences and my life more than that I'm hidden in Christ. Let's be real. Oh, it's, it's a tough sermon. I knew, I knew it, I knew it, but hallelujah. I can see the conviction because every time I look at a block, half of the block goes like... <laughs> Please don't look at this block. Look at that block. The sinners are here on the left, okay? But come on, God is convicting me and he's convicted me when I was a student. When I became a financial manager and studied, I thought like, yeah, everything is planned, you know? I thought like, let's go up into Africa. I told my wife, I said, Louise, oh, yeah, this is amazing. We're going to just go. We're going to be here for a year and a half. And we've got all these plans psyched up. And, and then when we're successful, then we'll serve God and all of that stuff. And, you know, that's amazing about having a wife that just keeps silent. And then she stares at you. And then she says, we're going to be in Stellenbosch for a long time. <laughs> and I was thinking like, get behind me, sweetie. <laughs> 
And isn't it amazing? 25 years later, she was right. <laughs> no, but look, this isn't a nice place, you know. Because here people, you know, people plan, you know. They stand there in front of the new door, restaurant, pub, hours before the time. Because that's a new, new thing. That's the, we, we're going to worship. We're going to become worshipers because I've planned. I've planned my social weekends in the next six weeks and all that stuff. And I'm not belittling those things. Please, you, to have, be a student is the greatest time of your life. You just have a lot of fun and very few responsibilities. And that's amazing, you know. But it's supposed to be your greatest time in the kingdom of God. Will you risk it? Will you risk saying to Jesus, Jesus, I'm, I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to look at all my Instagram photos and all my stuff. And, uh, and I'm going to think about, Lord, is he worth it? I tell you, he is. Is he worth it? He is. He's not boring. He's not just another God. He's not just like anything else. When you meet God, you will never be bored. There was one guy who met Jesus, probably the most profound guy that I thought about. Because, you know, and I shared the story this morning, but it's a guy next to the cross of Jesus, a Roman centurion that crucified people as a life. So imagine just another ordinary day, another ordinary three crucifixions that happened. It was part of the Roman life, you know. That's where we get our word excruciating pain from, ex out of, out of the cross. And so here's this guy, a Roman centurion, and he makes a statement when Jesus dies. Because Think about this. If you are a medic, is there any medical doctors here? Vernon or Lawson, any one of them? We have a couple of doctors here in church, but anybody studying for medicine? Nobody. Okay. And there he goes. But imagine you do operations every day. Have you ever spoken to a doctor and the doctor sort of talks about these things, operations, as if it's like eating bread? think like whoa you know I'm, I'm not a real blood type of person so i just want to pass out you know so this one guy told me the story he said he came there at the hospital at the icu and one guy came in with an axe in his head you know it's quite a funny story i must tell this because um, <clears throat> you know the he said like what you know an axe in your head yeah yeah and so he had to do an operation to get the axe out but there was another guy with him you know so he asked this other guy are you family member he says, no, 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 I'm the owner of the axe. I just came to fetch my axe, you know. So, what a tough story. But in any case, so he just came with to get his axe. But in any case, so, <clears throat> but if you're a doctor and you're involved in all of these things all the time, you're quite desensitized to blood and lungs popping out and hearts and stuff, you know. Ooh, put the heart on the table and, you know, just go like ordinary life. Imagine this Roman centurion being desensitized to just another crucifixion. But this one was different. Do you know what he said? Surely, this is the Son of God. Surely, he was the Son of God. Surely, he was the Son of God. Seeing many crucifixions. And one guy to recognize. Most ran away because they were too familiar. 
Most just thought like maybe he fits into our box and called down the lightning to strike the city. Where am I going to sit on the throne next to you, Jesus, when you rule? But one guy started to worship. And he said, surely this was the Son of God. If that doesn't challenge you in your deepest core, then maybe you're not a worshiper. Maybe you must come to stand at that cross and say, surely, surely I would have died there. I should have died there. Because you get so desensitized as Christians as to the, the raw brokenness, but the raw power of the cross. We wear a little cross on our breast or on our, in our ear and we say, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. And then we lose the joy of our salvation. We lose that stuff because we get desensitized. We become professional Christians. Because I like that song, but I don't like that song. And God is calling the church in the West out and says, will you worship me in this time? Most people in the West and Christians in the West are thinking about, oh, just if COVID just can get over, my life can go on, you know. I can go back to normal. But God is busy with a great reset in the church. 30% of churches in America has already closed. And God is waiting for your worship. How do we worship him? And we're going to talk about that next week. We worship him in spirit and in truth. He said that to the woman at the well. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We worship because Jesus is the center of our worship. And we're going to worship him as the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. There's nothing boring about that. And so God is calling you and me and he's saying, are you, are you willing to come back? Are you willing to, to be that worshiper? Are you willing to say, Lord, everything, Jesus, become Lord of my life? Are you willing to say, God, I want to I know, I want to get into that space where you call me into? It's just you and him. We begin to serve him with your life. You begin to serve the people, your small group around you. Because it's not about being famous for Jesus. It's not about doing things for Jesus. It's about being with him and knowing him. And say, God, oh, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Oh, the, the pull of greatest price. Once I found that, I saw everything. And sorry, girlfriend, you need to be second here. Because if you're not going to worship with me, if you're not going to go where I'm going to go, I'm going to dump you. Ooh. See, then suddenly there's no gray areas anymore, you know. It's a beautiful one of the guys, the elders we spoke to at the church. He went to his girlfriend. Then now his wife, they've got three beautiful children. It's a good friend of, of mine and has become the past couple of years. He went to his girlfriend. He says, do you know what? Here's the line. If we ever cross this line physically, our relationship will stop immediately. That's just before they start going out, you know. Our relationship will stop immediately because I'm not valuable enough then for you. Because I don't respect you enough and your body as to where we need to go with the things of God. So if we cross that line, do you know what's going to happen? We're going to break this relationship because I'm not, I'm not worth it. You're going to need to find somebody else that is worth it for you. Because I respect the Christ in you. And we need to respect the Christ in us.
Oops. But see, the gray area is so big in the world and in the church today. God is just going to have grace, you know. But if you want to follow him, there's a cost. Worship him in spirit and in truth. Have you lost your joy in knowing him? I want the band to come up. We're going to start singing. Lock the doors. Lock the doors because some people are going to want to run away right now. I'm saying everything that I'm saying because I really love you, but I'm just sharing the conviction of asking God, Lord, what is cultural and what is biblical? Will you redefine worship to your church? That's the prayer I prayed three months ago, and then God took me on a roller coaster ride, and he started to show me idol, idol, ministry, idol, 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 idol. What? No, Lord, but I'm the pastor. Pastor what? Before you're a pastor, before you're an engineer, before you're a South African, before you're a Yemstedian or Iranian or before you're a Dagbrekken or before you're a Mayuban. <laughs> Will you be a worshiper? Will you be a worshiper? And it, tonight is an invitation because God is standing at the door and he's knocking and he wants to come in. That scripture was never for the unsaved. It's for the saved. Revelation 3 verse 20. I stand at the door and I knock. And I want to come in. If you open up, I will come in and you feast with me and I will feast with you. There's a place at his table. It's an invitation for Christians, not non-Christians. You say, come and get saved. No, no, that's not for non-Christians. That's Christians where Jesus is standing outside the door and he's knocking seven letters to the churches. And one of them, he says, hey, if only you were cold or hot, but now you're lukewarm. You're in between. I can't bless you. I can't, I can't show myself to you because you're going to fall into unbelief and pride. The two biggest sins in the church of the West. And God is busy shaking God is busy allowing COVID to bring havoc through the church because he wants to redefine our worship to him. And I love the songs we sing. I'm not saying we're not stopping, but hey, it's not about the words. It's about the heart behind the words. We went there to a little mission place and we sang grade 12s, dig a little deeper. Dig a little deeper in God's love. I want to dig a little deep. And everybody's thinking like, really? <laughs> dig a little deeper for grade 12's matrix? And becoming a fool for Christ, the Holy Spirit started to move and heal people. Because suddenly it's about everything of the heart to him. It's not about the song. It's not about how cool I am. Because I've allowed God not to be an Instagram God. He's Lord of my life. Will you stand with me? Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.